Previously on the Fox Quadrilogy, the wolf and the man. A fox and wolf are talking about attacking a man. They see a couple of guys, but they're no good. One's too old, one's too young. And then they find one that's just right. The wolf goes and attacks, but the man's too strong. He like shoots him in the face and that. And he goes back crying to the fox, who just laughs at his face. The wolf and the fox. Uh, so the wolf is getting a bit mad with the fox at this point. Uh, but the fox is like getting the wolf a bit of food, but not quite enough. And the wolf keeps getting into scrapes by being a bit too greedy. They end up in a meat cellar. He gets too fat, gets stuck in the wall, gets beaten to death uh, by a farmer. And the fox is fine. The fox and his cousin. The fox's cousin is another wolf. That's not explained. Uh, the wolf has just got a little kid, uh, not a goat kid, just a wolf baby. The wolf wants to get some food and the fox is supposed to be looking guard, but he's not. He just lies down. Uh, the wolf gets found and gets burning mixture chucked at him and he, the fox makes him carry him home and then he just laughs at him. <laughs> Perfect. Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grimm Reading... The Fox and the Cat! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grimm Reading! It happened that the cat met the fox in a forest, and as she thought to herself, he is clever and full of experience, and much esteemed in the world, she spoke to him in a friendly way. Good day, dear Mr. Fox. How are you? How is all with you? How are you getting through this dear season? Oh, that's so polite. Yeah, so she's lovely. He is a respectable member of the community. Yeah. Uh, he's a smart chap. I'm going to be polite to him and ask him, what's yeah. going on? Oh. The fox, however, full of all kinds of arrogance, looked at the cat from head to foot and for a long time did not know whether he would give any answer or not. <laughs> he didn't even know. No. Look her up it's just down. an extended scene of like Silence. just cutting from face to face, sweating <laughs> nervously. Is he going to answer my question? It's so awkward. <gasps> at last, he said, Oh, phew. Oh, you wretched whisker cleaner. You piebald fool. You hungry mouse hunter. What can you be thinking of? Do venture to ask how I am getting on? What have you learnt? How many arts do you understand? I understand but one, replied the cat modestly. Oh. What art is that? asked the fox. When the hounds are following me, I can spring into a tree and save myself. Is that all? said the fox. I am a master of a hundred arts, and also have a sack full of cunning. <laughs> you make okay. me sorry for you. Come with me. I will teach you how people get away from the hounds. But just then... A hunter came with four dogs. The cat sprang nimbly up a tree and sat down on top of it where the branches and foliage quite concealed her. Open your sack of cunning, Mr. Fox, open your sack, cried the cat to him. But the dogs had already seized him and were holding him fast. Ah, Mr. Fox, cried the cat, you with your hundred arts are left in the lurch. Had you been able to climb like me, you would not have lost your life. The end.
No way! <laughs> it's over. Do you know what? I love it. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's like, it's the perfect way to end that story. The fox met his match. And when I heard that the story, the last story was the fox and the cat, I thought, there's another animal known for its cunning. Mm. And I thought, mm -hmm, hmm, mm -hmm. Has, will the fox meet its match? I didn't say anything. I waited, yep. fingers crossed, and he did. Absolutely. Oh, that was great. And it was all over so fast. I mean, that was not a long story. So as we heard in your recap, he basically got one wolf killed with a, a, a head death. Yeah. Was, <laughs> it head death? was it head well, death? Was it head death? it's unclear. It's unclear, I think. And another wolf was like permanently disfigured. So yeah. he's been a he's been in a nasty piece of work, Reynard. And now oh, he really has his match. Karma. Oh, I'm so glad Cat you liked karma. it. Because you've been sort of lukewarm with these stories. A little bit. And I just, the look in your eyes then when that finished, your eyes went wide. And you just because like, I didn't like the fox and I'm glad to see him get his comeuppance. Mm. And I love cats. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Actually, yeah. If anyone is new <laughs> to, the, to us, to the podcast, and you've just dipped in, you've just heard the final episode in the Fox Quadrilogy. There yes. are four fox stories, starting with The Wolf and the Man. Anyway, you enjoyed it. I did. For those few seconds that the story was being read. It's quite a short one. I love the fox's insults. You wretched whisker cleaner. Yeah, that took me a second to sort of process. I was like, whisker cleaner? Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Whisker cleaner, that's not an insult. He has to, he has to stick on wretched at the beginning. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. it's just, yeah. just, just right. a description yeah, of what he does. You piebald fool. <laughs> you hungry mouse hunter. Just brilliant. It's great. Those are solid insults. <laughs> you hungry mouse hunter. <laughs> I mean, they're only appropriate to a cat, to be honest, but, you know. I, I did like the idea of a scene of, like, the cat asking the fox a question, and then it's like, uh, <laughs> like, slow zooms into the face of each of them, like, sweating. Is he going to answer the question? And then... No, for me, it's just really awkward. The cat's just sitting there. It's tail's wagging a bit. The cat's just looking side to side, like... What's going on? And the fox is just like in a like yeah. you know, strong pose, just like looking the cat up and down, like mm, head to foot. Am I going to respond? It's <laughs> just silence. <laughs> the wind rustling in the trees. <laughs> you wretched whisker cleaner. <laughs> the cat's like, all right. Chill out, mate. Chill out, Reynard. Must be nice. Mm. Now, what now, have Adam. What have you got what for me, I got for you? Well, at first I thought my job would be to sell you this story and the Fox Quadrilogy, I thought you'd just be sort of shrugging your shoulders, but you really enjoyed it, and I'm really glad about that. Mm -hmm. Now, perhaps it's not immediately clear, but there's quite a lot going on in this story, or people have found a lot in this mm -hmm. story okay. throughout the ages. So, to go into what this story means exactly, we have to look back at its history. The Grimm's immediate source for the story has not been identified precisely. However, the Brothers Grimm Fox and Cat story that we just read is part of a long lineage of fox and cat fables that date back to ancient Greece and beyond. There is an ancient Greek proverb attributed to the poet Archilonchus. <laughs> That's good effort. Thanks, man. Uh, from around the 6th century BC. Do you want to hear the proverb? I would love to. The fox knows many little things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... Right, put, let's pause, let's pause. What a proverb that is. Um, what big thing does the hedgehog know? Curl up in a ball, mate. Is that the big thing? Yeah, I'm guessing. What else does a hedgehog know? <laughs> I love hedgehogs, by the way. They're so cute. So, we can interpret this idea in many ways. For example, it's better to know 
one thing well, then lots of things a little bit. Yeah, that's like um, jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. Mentality, yep. Common sense is better than cunning. Intellect is not as important as instinct. Deceitful bad behavior is worse than good, honest, modest behavior. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways you can take that idea of this sort of bragging fox with his lots of little arts and tricks and then the one simple trick that works. And the cat's got one big idea and that big idea is to climb up a tree. Climb up a tree and hide in the foliage. Yeah. Uh, this idea has been used in philosophy to express certain ideas, and it appears as a common piece of wisdom around the world. The story pops up a lot in the medieval period in mm -hmm. Europe. Later, our old friend, the French fabulist John de la Fontaine, mm -hmm. had a crack at the story in the 17th century. So he told basically exactly the same story that we've just heard, but he had a great moral at the end. He added the moral. He said, avoid too many schemes. Their ruin lies. For while we choose, the happy moment flies. Have but one plan. And let that plan be wise. Wow. I think that's quite beautiful. I think for while we choose, the happy moment flies. So the idea is if you've, yeah. you've got too many plans, you've got too many things you're doing, just you're spending your time one, choosing, yeah, rather than doing. Yeah, or have one plan, one path, and stick to that. That's, that's an interesting yeah, that's uh, interpretation from uh, John, the fabulist. <laughs> Further afield, there's an Indian story along the same lines called The Fish That Were Too Clever. This story is from a collection of five books known as, oh, here we go, the Pankatantra. The Pankatantra. Okay. Which is considered one of India's most influential contributions to world literature. Wow. It contains 87 animal fables and magical stories, and the first written accounts of the Pankatantra date back to the 3rd and 5th century BC. Wow. But oh, the stories, are, but they're actually considered way older. That's just when they were written okay. down. So these are thousands of years mm -hmm. old Indian, ancient Indian Incredible. fables. It's amazing. So the stories from the Pankatantra were intended as part of a royal education for young royal boys. And these stories made their way to Europe and into oral folklore in Europe via the Middle East, uh, influencing medieval writers. Oh, wow. I'll sum up for you the story of the fish that were too clever because sure. it's got the same idea, but it's, it's quite different. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. Two fish lived in a pond, and they had a friend who was a frog. Oh. One fish was called Satabuddhi, which is having the understanding of a hundred. The other fish is called Sahasrabuddhi, which is have the understanding of a thousand. And the frog's called Ekabuddhi, having the understanding of one. Okay, so you got it. The two fish are like, have loads of understanding. A hundred and a thousand. Yes. Two fishermen came to the pond and said, there's loads of fish here. Let's come back tomorrow and get all the fish. So the three, the three friends discussed what to do. The frog started panicking, but uh, Sahasrabuddhi laughed and said, Oh, my friend, don't be afraid of words alone. They probably will not come back, but even if they do come back, I will be able to protect myself and you as well through the power of my understanding, for I know many pathways through the water. After hearing this, Sahasrabuddhi, un hundred understandings, mm -hmm. said, Yes, what Sahasrabuddhi says is correct, for one rightly says... Where neither the wind nor the sun's rays have found a way, intelligent understanding will quickly make a path. And also, everything on earth is subject to the understanding of those with intelligence. Why should one abandon the place of one's birth that has been passed down from generation to generation just because of words? We must not retreat a single step. I will protect you through the power of my understanding. The frog Who said that? That was uh, have the understanding of a hundred. So how to believe. Single step. The fish. Yeah, we wouldn't watch a single step. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's only, he only understands a hundred things. 
He doesn't understand that fish don't walk. No. That's what the one thing the frog knows. <laughs> yeah. Well. And in that, he made the fish look a fool. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the frog said, I have but one wit, and it is advising me to flee. This very day, I shall go with my wife to another pond. Oh, he's got a wife. The frog's got a wife. Oh, yeah. that's nice. So he said, I've got one wit. It's telling me to get out of there. I'm yeah. just going to leave. Fisherman came, drenched the pond, got Sahastrabudi and Saharabudi. I can't remember how to pronounce them. The, then they happily set forth home. Uh, and because of his weight, one of them carried Sahatabudi on its head. And they tied Sahasrabudi onto a string and dragged him along behind them. <gasps> so the fishermen are just dragging him along. The frog, who had climbed onto the bank of his pond, said to his wife, he just turned, looked, said to his <laughs> wife, they're, they're on like rocking chairs on their porch. He said, look, dear, Mr. Hundred Wit lies on someone's head and Mr. Thousand Wit is hanging from a string. But Mr. Single Wit, my dear, is playing here in the clear water. The end. Lovely. The central idea is the same. The frog has instinct, it has a sort of survival. Mm -hmm. He's not clever clever, if that makes sense. I, you could almost say a difference between intellect and intelligence. Yeah. Ah, oh, very well put. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So perhaps now the whole meaning of the Brothers Grimm Fox Quadrilogy is clear. At first we said, in the first few stories, we said there's no meaning or message behind this. It's just a fox being awful and doing horrible mm. things. But now we see that those three tales were just building up to this. They were winding up the spring so that when we heard the real meaning of the story, it had extra punch. Oh, yeah. If we just heard this, it would be like, oh, okay, that's a nice, yeah, nice message. No, it wouldn't have had anything like the impact. But having seen, yeah, the fox's like, cruel ways, his underhand tactics, but at the end of the day, that was his downfall. And the simple, humble cat with his one ability is much better than the fox with his thousand devious tricks. Mm -hmm. Amazing. How cool is that? It's right? really cool. You can't have a satisfying payoff without putting in the groundwork beforehand, which, like you say, it's what those first three episodes yeah. do. What's, what, what, what do you reckon? I feel this might be your favourite one. But it's so short, that's the mm. only trouble. I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? Nice. Yeah. Nice and high. Yeah, pretty high. The cat, a cat outsmarting a fox. I'll, I'll listen to that any old day, <laughs> any day of the week. I... No, I mean, I mean, I'm being glib. It's it's a payoff, like a really satisfying one. Absolutely. And you've got this kind of somewhere between a villain and an anti-hero sort of mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. getting his instant comeuppance. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was great. And the, li the little insults. and Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think I'm thinking of it in conjunction with the other stories. Yeah. I think I am thinking of it as the quadrilogy. That's, that's the trick. But, Tricky bit. But for me, it brings all of the other stories together. Mm -hmm. It makes the whole thing make sense. It's not just, and the fox got the wolf crippled. It's now put into a proper story arc, and he gets his comeuppance. So for me, an 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Very high. Right? Do you agree? Like, it ties the whole story. Completely. Yeah. It's a great finale. Oh. It couldn't have been better, if you ask me. Amazing. And I can just see the cat laughing as the <laughs> camera pans up into the sky. Yeah. Cut to black. Satisfying end. <sighs> Amazing. All right. So that is a 16.5. Not bad at all. For the fox and the cat. So, now we need to work out 
a total score for the whole quadrilogy, so we give the whole thing one score. This will now be weighted better. It wasn't looking good for the Fox quadrilogy because we were giving them low scores, I think. Yeah. But Adam's going to do some quick maths. Quick maths. And we'll work out the proper score. So, The Wolf and the Man, episode one. Mm. I gave that a five. Matt gave that a six. Okay. The Wolf and the Fox, we were in agreement there. 6.5 each. Okay, nice. Then The Fox and His Cousin. Wobbly Jelly. I gave it a five. Matt gave it a 6.5. So Matt's been fairly consistently higher. And with this final installment, I've given it an eight. And Matt's given it an 8.5. Which means, just running the numbers on that, (laughs) and averaged out over the four episodes, Mm -hmm. my score is a 6.125. That's very specific. It's very specific. Matt's score Mm. is a 6.875. So not that far off, really. So what does that mean, Adam? Add those bad boys up. And... (laughs) Those added together, our total score out of 20 for the whole quadrilogy is 13. 13 is a good number for Raynard. It sort of suits him. Unlucky 13. Yeah. Yeah. 13. Well, congratulations, Raynard. Yeah, well done, we got lad. got the end of the Fox quadrilogy. <laughs> Amazing. What a journey that's been. It has been a great journey. I'm sure we'll be seeing Raynard again. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger. Well, Adam, we got to the end of our cycle of stories. We have. And I think you need to pick the next four. That means I need to pick the next one. Adam picks the stories. Uh, We've never read these stories before. Neither of us know them. We're learning as we go. And Adam picks four stories on name alone that he wants to hear. Yeah. So Matt doesn't know what I'm about to pick. I'm so uh, And these are going to be the next four. Four stories that Matt's going to read to me. I love this moment. I have to say, it's one of my favourite moments. I just have. It is exciting, and I always want to see how Matt reacts to my picks. So, these are my picks of what we're going to hear next. Just the titles jumped out at me. The first one I want you to read for me, Matt, is the riddle. Oh yes! (laughs) Come on, a title like that. Um, Hang on, hold your horses, there, Sunny Boy. I always forget about this. Do I have a hit? I wrote down 10 stories that I want to hear that I would pick if I were in Adam's shoes. How many have I hit so far over the episode? So far, you've hit one, which was the wishing table, the gold ass and the cudgel in the sack. Is that the only one? Uh, Yes, but I think I started this list after you already picked some that I would have picked. Okay. And now we have our second hit, the riddle. I wanted to hear the riddle. Yes. Come on. The riddle. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. What is that riddle going to be? I can't wait to find yeah. out. We've already had the riddle of the Sphinx in uh, the Fox Quadrilogy. That's right. Let's see if we can up the up the ante. The next episode I want you to read is The Juniper Tree. Now, that might make one listener quite happy. Rob of Totalis Rankium has said he's, he's a teacher and he's reading the Grimm stories out one by one to his class. He's been saying for a while that the juniper tree is kind of a favourite. It's very, very dark, Mm. is what I've heard. Matt's looking at me with glee like he knows something. This is quite a famous one, actually. And I think when we first started Grim Reading and I did some very loose background research, the name of this story popped up a bit. Mm -hmm. 
I think this might be one uh, for after the children have been put to bed. Oh, could we have a certified <laughs> grin? We haven't had one in a while. We haven't, no. The third one mm-hmm. I want you to read, Matt, mm-hmm. is The Hare's Bride. <laughs> it's I felt I like hope, an animal one. I hope it's another hare. I'm just going to say I that. I certainly hope so. <laughs> okay. What's exciting. going on there? Little little rabbit marriage? <laughs> I like hares as well, I just like to say. I like foxes, I like hedgehogs, and I like hares. hares. Perfect. Mm. A little animal tale. And the final one? And the final one I want to hear mm. is Rapunzel. It's a big one. Mate! I really, really want to hear Rapunzel. Me too. Well, <laughs> great. <laughs> let's get together and record a podcast. Oh, let's do it. Good idea. <laughs> when we started this, that was probably the, the one I was not that interested in mm-hmm. uh, as a fairy tale. I think it, it makes you think it's quite icky and a bit Disney-ish maybe. Yeah, but sure. Actually, I think it's going to be a really, really good story. Oh. So I'm really looking forward to hearing right. that one. I think it will be. I have a feeling. I'm very excited. I've been really wanting to hear that. I can't wait. So, so, do you want to reel them off? Yeah, yeah. So, I, c- I really cannot wait for these next four stories. We're going to hear the riddle, the juniper tree, the hare's bride, and Rapunzel. I think that's one of your best picks. Yeah, I'm really happy with those picks. I can't wait for that. Fantastic. Right, before we go, we've got a few uh, messages to read out from our l- lovely listeners. We ran a competition from January to February <laughs> and uh, yep. we asked people to uh, tell us what their favourite story is or episode is that we've made so far and we've read so far and we got uh, loads of lovely messages that we couldn't fit into the results episode so we're going to be reading some out throughout the forthcoming episodes. Adam, what have you got to read out now? Excellent. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to read out this lovely message uh, on Twitter from the Scold Wizard who says... Is it possible to choose one story or episode? No, because I have three. First, all of your episodes are fantastic, entertaining, and educational. It's one of the few podcasts that my wife and I enjoy listening to together. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Thank you. Bringing people together. Yeah, and fantastic, entertaining, and educational. Not bad. high praise. Especially the educational part. (laughs) (laughs) We try to be. (laughs) On to my favourites. The Pure Entertainment... The Christmas special. Oh, I laughed so much. I know it wasn't actually about a Grimm's brother story, but the Bear and Troll story, wow. <laughs> That's such a good story. <laughs> I love that. Favourite Grimm story is between the youth who went forth to learn what fear nice. was and Hansel and Gretel. Oh, some big hitters there. The youth is funny, but the story itself is complex as it continues to build in a series of challenges like the trials of Heracles. Hansel and Gretel is also complex, has more depth and more detail than usual. More importantly, the hero is a little girl who didn't wait on her brother, a lost prince, or anyone else to rescue them. Those are two great choices. Solid choice. Hansel and Gretel does have more depth, I think, than normal. It did feel a bit different to the other stories. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, the hero's a little kick-ass girl who's yeah. awesome. And the youth. I'm glad we're getting some votes for the youth. Cause come oh, on, I love come that on. story. So good. Thank you, Scald Wizard. That's great. Scald, Scald. I think a Scald was a Icelandic or Norwegian. Uh, it was like a job. It was of someone who'd walk around from town to town, village to village, and tell stories. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Pretty it's cool. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> we also got this lovely message on Twitter from Abby Chances, who says, I'm using your competition to go on a public verbal bender about the singing bone. 
which I utterly adore and loved your episode nice. on. Nice, that is that's one of my favourites. Oh, yes. Scandi noir thriller. <laughs> what I love about this tale is the singing bone itself. There's something utterly gut-level compelling about human remains. The bits inside us that will survive us, that can tell their story without us. There's both a dark, grisly, visceral idea that I can see myself in, literally, I do have bones, and a weirdly sentimental love letter to the power of stories. You can kill your enemies, you can kill the witnesses, the singing bone says, but you can't kill the tale. Amazing. Also, I'm trying to find a way to work singing body parts oh. into a future Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Nice, Feels Abby. like the sort of thing that belongs there. <laughs> All this said, for the record, still not my number one favourite Grimm story. That is hands down, Ooh. known question asked, The Six Swans. Ooh. Please cover it, it's a wild ride. And so many thanks for the podcast. It's great to hear these stories treated with the sheer hilarity they deserve. That's what we aim uh, to do. Lovely words. <laughs> thanks, Abby. And, I mean, I've just picked the next four, and I didn't pick the six ones, but I will bear that in mind for future episodes. Well, I mean, you're getting told what to do, left, right, and centre by our listeners. I'm my own person, guys. <laughs> Back off. But uh, we will get Brilliant. around to that. And let us know how the D&D campaign goes. Yeah. I'm very curious about that. And I hope you, I guess you're the dungeon master. Is that how it works? The dungeon master invents the story, I think. I don't know. Who's the dragon? Oh, dear, Adam. That's very lost. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got coming up next? I don't remember your first story. So what was next, it? we have the riddle. The riddle. I cannot oh, wait. I can't wait. I will be seeing that. you then for the riddle. Yes, I'm going to head off to my castle and find out what the riddle is. And remember, Adam... Basically, this whole many hours of talking about the fox, it's better to be something like a hedgehog than a, than a fox. Ultimately. Something like that. Ultimately. Don't be a hedgehog, Adam. Be a cat. Yes. No, wait. Do be a hedgehog. Don't be a fox. Be a hedgehog or a cat. Wise words. <laughs> See you then. Bye. 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 You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. Grim.